to the Prophecy Club. I'm going to be playing one of our sermons now at the Spirit of Prophecy Church. It is a real, normal New Testament church. And normally, actually, I don't talk on Bible prophecy. We normally leave that to the Prophecy Club. But in that I just come out with this new book, Miss the Mark, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast. That's the title of it. I'm teaching through that. I'm doing a series on it. And this, I think, is like about the third in the series. I kind of do a brief review because we did have several guests there Sunday, which, by the way, I guess if you'd like to come and see what uh, Spirit of Prophecy Church is like, I will let me let me just kind of brace you for where you're going to walk into. It's probably different than any other church you've ever been to in that <laughs> we study the Bible. I say that because we hear from so many other churches some of the things that they're doing. It's I don't think it's too biblical. I'm not trying to criticize them. I believe they're doing probably what they believe they're supposed to do, just like we're doing what we are supposed to do. But here's what you're going to find. It's a small church. Typically, we'll have 30 to 50 people. There's plenty of places to sit. Most of the people come to us from the Prophecy Club radio program. So it's a prophecy sort of church. In other words, they're all prophecy students there. Many of them are adults. We have very few children, but we would love to have couples with children. We'd love to have children. We just don't have very many of them. And surprisingly, though the church is in Plano, we (laughs) only have about two people from Plano to go to the church. Most of the people drive at least 30 minutes. Some of them drive an hour. Many of them drive 45 minutes to an hour. We have one couple that drives in every week from Abilene, Texas, to come to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. What's different about it? Well, we teach from the King James. We don't teach a pre-trib rapture. And we are simply trying to do our very best to get people to know the Bible, to know Jesus, to walk in the ways of Jesus. And occasionally, as I'm about to reveal to you, we talk about Bible prophecy. Now, here's what I'm going to do. This is what I talked on this past Sunday, as in, since I'm making this broadcast Monday at 12.05 p.m. This is what I talked on yesterday, and it has a brief refresher about other things we've talked on to bring the guests up to speed and then to talk about my new book, Miss the Mark. Don't take the mark of the beast, which, by the way, I'd recommend you get. One is 20, but don't do that. Instead, we offer them in groups of 10. They come in a sealed package of 10. So 10 is 25, two sets of 10 is 40, four sets of 10 is 60. That's a buck and a half if you get the four sets of 10. And that's so that you can give them away. This book is very simple. You can probably read through it in three hours. This book is designed to give to someone that is a blank sheet of paper. Maybe they don't even know anything about the Bible or Jesus or prophecy. Maybe they're even from another religion. But once they read this book, one thing is true. They will never take the mark of the beast. And you can get that at prophecyclub.com. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start where my wife, Leslie, is praying for me in the sermon. And then we're going to start. I'll show you exactly what the church is like, which, by the way, is located at 2540 K Avenue in Plano, Texas. I recommend you come in at 1015. Ask for me. I'll get you a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you like, water, and kind of introduce you around, help you to find a place to sit and get you comfortable. And they're to introduce you to other prophecy students. So if you want to be in a church of prophecy students, this is your church. Lord, again, we ask that you open up our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And give us remembrance as we walk out these doors 
and not forget the message that you have for us particularly today. And Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory in this message in Jesus' name. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. And Lord, we ask for your spirit to be in room today. We ask you to show up. And Lord, yes, we do know that we are the last generation. And our world is about to change in some very big ways. And we ask that you would help us to be prepared for those days to serve in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to continue talking about my new book, Miss the Mark. And uh, as you folks that go here for a while know that I don't, I mean, it's not the Prophecy Club here. It's not actually prophecy. But occasionally I will talk on prophecy. It is a New Testament church, and that's what we're doing today. Now, I'm going to zip through all of this. I've already covered this, but there's a couple of things I need to refresh your memory on. As I see, we do have some guests today. Uh, first of all, it's this. Revelations, uh, Revelation 13 says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for his number is six hundred, three score, and six. That's the number of the devil. That's his number. Now, the devil is the most subtle beast of the field. He doesn't normally come knocking on the front door. Instead, he comes around to the window or the back door. He's the guy behind the curtain. He's the guy doing the bribery underneath the table. So he doesn't normally do it to our face. He's very subtle. So he hides that in a lot of ways. So let's take, for example, a six. Okay, so you take that six, and then you add another little uh, string around to it, and it turns to a six-six. You add a little bit more, and that turns to a six-six-six. That is six-six-six. And you can see it several ways. There it is reversed, and he loves to put it in some very sneaky places. The typical Christian trusts Jesus with our life that he's going to provide for us, give us jobs, he's going to take care of us and protect us. And then we trust him with our eternity, that he really is going to write our name in the book of life, we really are going to live forever. But here's what a lot of us have forgotten to do, and that is, can we trust Jesus in our death? The Bible says that he will not put upon us to be tempted above what we are able, but with the temptation he'll also make a way to escape so that you're able to bear it. Meaning, we have to believe that our Jesus is not going to put us into something that we can only fail at. Say it again. He's not going to put us in a situation we can only fail at. Now, he does test us, because with the test comes the testimony, right? But what I'm saying to us today is, yes, trust Jesus with our life today. Trust Jesus with our eternity tomorrow, but also trust him in death. Trust him to know that he knows the exact time our heart will stop beating and it's, it's going to be okay. If we put our heart in his hands, it's going to be okay. This is what Ken Peters said he saw in his dream as being the mark of the beast. Now, that's not the number of his name. What I showed you with the spiral, that's the number of his name, or 666. In our alphabet, A, B, C, D, doesn't mean anything. A is not a number. But in Hebrew... Aleph, Beit, Dalet, Gamal, those are one, two, three, four. In other words, a letter is also a number. 
meaning in Hebrew, a word is also a number. I might also add, each one of those symbols, like A, the symbol of an A, doesn't mean anything. But the symbol of Aleph is actually the symbol for an ox. So every one of their symbols means something. And also every one of the Hebrew letters also is a tone on the musical scale. So Hebrew is about four levels deeper than English. English just has this one level up here. So when it says the number of his name, his name has a number. If this is what he saw. Now, we do not have a confirming word. We don't have in the mouth of two or three witnesses. That might not be accurate, but it's something to watch for. This is the number of his name, or 666. This is also a 666. There's a 6. There's a 6. There's a 6. This is also a 666. This is also a 666. Okay, so he hides it in a lot of different ways. There's actually four things we have to be afraid of that we have to avoid. One is we don't take the mark of the beast. We don't take the number of his name. We do not worship his image. We do not worship the beast. I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire and then we've gotten victory over the beast. Boom. Over his image, this. Over his mark, this may be it. And over the number of his name. And I'm convinced absolutely positively that's the number of his name. Because most of the world has rejected free salvation through the finished sacrifice of Jesus. God is going to send the world. God is going to send a world a strong delusion. Why? Here's why. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, the return of Christ, shall not come except there come a falling away first, which means defection from the truth, and that man of sin, or the Antichrist or the beast, the Bible really calls him many, many times more beast, only twice does it refer to him as Antichrist. So, that man of sand be revealed, the son of perdition. Perdition means that they are tossed into eternal torment. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship. Look at this, look at this. So that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The most obvious thing that will show us who the Antichrist is, who the beast is, is when he goes in and sits on the golden throne of God, the Ark of the Covenant, which will at that time be in Jerusalem, when he sets on that and he says, I'm God, stop animal sacrifice, and requires all people to worship him. When that happens, there is no question at that point that we're talking about the Antichrist. Okay, showing himself that he is God. So what's he saying? He's saying, I'm going to sit in the temple, or he will, sit in the temple of God. Is there a temple of God on earth right now in Jerusalem? No. But the Bible says that they will have it. Now, I do not think it's going to be a stone building. I think it would be the same tabernacle Moses drug around out in the wilderness for 40 years. That's another story we'll avoid. He'll sit in the temple of God saying that he is God. That is the strong delusion. The beast is the strong delusion. Strong delusion. So what is it to be an overcomer? There's two scriptures in the New Testament that define an overcomer as someone that has overcome the world. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. But according to Revelation, that's not the definition. The definition of overcomer in Revelation is a person that has seen the beast, heard the beast, but has not accepted him. Now let me just tell you right now, what's coming on the world in the next few years is not going to be easy to accept. We were talking last night. If there were a pre-trib rapture, after all of the Christians are left, if there were, and there's not, but if there were, Who would be remaining? The people that don't know Jesus, right? 
Well, the Bible says, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on the right hand. That means causeth. That means he makes them. He forces them. He forces them with the threat of their life. If you do not take the mark of the beast, you'll be killed. So if all of the Christians were taken out in a pre-trib rapture, who would be left? Well, there's no one to fight against him. No one would resist. See, because if you think about it, having a world government is actually a good idea. Having one person ruling the whole world is actually a good idea. That is, if it's Jesus. (laughs) But if it's the beast, the most evil man that has ever lived on the earth, that's not a good idea. All right, let's go on. Then shall that wicked, the beast, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. What do we call that? The morning star. Okay? With the morning, with the spirit of his mouth, it's a light sword. He just, like that, and it just, whoosh. And as it hits people, that's the burning of the tares. It turns them into ashes and bones. They fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. Consumed with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. Right now, the church is looking for miracles, looking for signs and wonders especially the Jews. So we can't always trust them. Just because we see a miracle, just because we see a sign, does not necessarily mean, Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. Does not, so beware, okay? All power signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, we talked about that, deceivableness. See, unrighteousness, like my mom said, son, there's this, there's pleasure, there's, there's fun in sin. So he's saying, with all deceivableness and righteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, receiving Jesus, that they might be saved. And for this cause, look at this, look at this, this is important. God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. How many people in the world right now are enjoying the world? and enjoying the pleasure of unrighteousness. Most. Even here in America, this Christian nation. So God is going to send them a strong delusion. Why? Because they didn't accept Jesus. He made them a perfect plan. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost any money. You don't have to do anything to do it. All you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart to forgive your sins and to be your God. And you get your name written in the book of life. So those people that won't accept his free gift of his son, he says, okay, you wouldn't accept the truth? I'll send you what you want. I'll send you a lie. And they'll believe that. Daniel 8, 23 to 25. In the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, I believe we're very, very close to that right now. Not quite, but very close. There's going to be a king of fierce countenance. That has to do with his appearance. He is going to be the most beautiful man, the most handsome man that has lived on the earth. The Bible says he's given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, powers given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life slain from the foundation of the world. God is going to give him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he will open his mouth and people, I think their mouth will fall open. When they hear this guy, They're going to say, never has anyone spoken like this. He has all of the answers. He has magnificent understanding. That's what he says here. Countenance and understanding dark sentences. Well, where did this come? 
How were the pyramids built? You know, questions like that. You know, that mankind has always wondered. He's going to have the, it might not be the truth, but he'll have an answer, right? And dark censors stand up, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. Revelation says, and, and the beast gave him his power and great authority. So it's coming from Satan. Shall destroy wonderfully, it shall prosper and practice and should destroy the mighty and the holy people. That's probably not only America, but also Israel. And through his policy, he shall cause craft to prosper. That's not basket weaving. (laughs) He's, He's saying he is going to cause evil to just rise up. Like, have we not seen since Trump has become president, it's like all of a sudden there's a wind that has blown into America. Like we kind of started lifting our head a little higher. We started saying, you know what, maybe we can have a victory. And they've been, he's been encouraging to us. Well, that's what this guy's going to do to the opposite. Evil, craft, will prosper in his hand. He will magnify, not Jesus, he will magnify himself. Himself in his heart. And by peace, he will destroy many. What kind of peace? Well, if the only way you're going to have peace is to have world government. That's what he's going to say. And the only way you're going to have peace is to have one God. And I just happen to be the God. That's what he's going to say. Shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. Who's that? Jesus. Open book test here. But he shall be broken with that hand. What is that? The morning star, the light sword from Jesus. Well, okay, so if I take the mark of the beast, can I ask Jesus to forgive me if I figure out I made a mistake? No. Absolutely not. Revelation 14, 4. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast, this is your eternal soul we're talking about here. Look carefully at every word. I didn't write this stuff. This is straight out of your King James Bible. If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out with that mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever. The smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest, day or night, who worship the beast, his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. I want you to see this word here. They're tormented. They don't get soul death. We've talked about this before. By the time everything is over, by the time Jesus has returned, burned up the tares, we've got our mantles, we've got our crowns, everything is done, the judgment is set, the beast is slain, Jesus returns on the clouds, and it's over. When it's everything and everything and it's all over, there's only three groups of people. Those people whose name is in the book of life, who live forever. Those people whose name is not in the book of life, tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, and Obadiah 1.16 says that they will be as though they had not been. means soul death. There's four scriptures in the Bible that says second death. The first death is flesh death. The second death is soul death. So the second group of people, those people whose name is not in the book of life, tossed into the lake of fire, and they are burned up as though they had not been. The third group of people are those people that take the mark in their forehead or in their hand or bend the knee to the mark or to to the beast or bend the knee to the image. Those people do not get soul death. 
This is what it's saying. Look, this, this is your eternal soul we're talking about here. Remember this. Remember, he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the, how long they have no rest day or night. How long? Forever and ever. Not only that, who are they there with? Well, all of the people who took the mark of the beast, but the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone with the beast and the false prophet are. So you're living eternally in torment with the devil and the beast and the false prophet, tormented day and night forever. I didn't write the stuff. I'm just the delivery boy here. Right? Right? As we talked about, what would you do if you had to tell someone the most important thing in the world? Would you tell them? I think most of us would. Okay, then that comes to the second question. What's the most important thing in the world? The most important thing in the world is don't take the mark of the beast. It would be better if you didn't receive Jesus and get soul death. At least it stops. Okay, But if you take that mark, if you take that mark, if you bend the knee to the beast, his image, if you receive it, mark his forehead, or, and by the way, it's not going to be something sneaks, that is sneaked on you. It's not going to be, you will know. That's the beast. That's the Antichrist. If I take that mark, I lose my salvation. That's another thing. Can you lose your salvation? Absolutely. I've got a scripture for you in a second. So Jesus will not forgive me if I take the mark. There was a time that I once believed, always saved. Once saved, always saved. That's when I grew up. That was what we were taught in our New Testament church. However, that's not what the Bible says. Ezekiel 3, 18 to 20. When I say to the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and give it him, and, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. If thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. However, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity and lay a stumbling, I shall lay a stumbling block before him and he shall die. Okay, so when a righteous man turns from his righteousness, he shall die. If a person was really sinful in their life and they turn to Jesus and they want to wash that sin away in the past, right? On the other hand, if someone was righteous and they turned from that righteousness and they turned to the devil, we're going to let him in heaven? Don't think so. The worst thing we could do is take the mark. And the Lord said to Moses, Whosoever sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. That's two different scriptures. Withstand their Old Testament scriptures. Well, it still has to do with the book of the life. The definition of overcomer in the New Testament is when we see the beast, hear the beast, but we don't accept the beast. When I first started Prophecy Club, 1993, one day I went into the kitchen. I could show you the various chairs we sat in our kitchen in Topeka, Kansas. Leslie sat down and she says, I have, a, I have something I want to say to you. So I sat down at the kitchen table and she says, I want to say that if you are ever threatened, with me or the children, don't give in. You do not own us. We are on loan to you for a few years. We belong to Jesus. So if you're ever threatened, do not bend the knee, do not bow, do not go along with that. So that brought us to the next conversation. That brought us to the next conversation. So what do you do? Well, Dale Carnegie says, ask yourself what's the worst thing can happen. Try to improve on it. Ask yourself, the worst can happen, accept it, and try to improve on it. So what's the worst thing can happen? We decided, well, the worst thing could happen 
would be if we find ourselves in line heading to the guillotine to get our head cut off. This is the worst case scenario. And a man steps up with the clipboard and says, okay, Mr. Johnson, this is your final opportunity. We have a nice bed, plenty to eat, clean drinking water. All you have to do is deny him. This is your final chance. Will you deny him? Now, let me explain before you answer. We don't start with you, Mr. Johnson. We start with your little two-year-old daughter. And then we're going to go to your son, your son. Then we'll go to your wife, and then you. What is your decision? We already talked about it. We decided, well, what I would do is turn around and get on my knee and look at my little daughter, which just led praise and worship here today. But at that time, she was two years old, three years old. Look her in the face and say, honey, I want you to go on up there, lay down, don't fight them, whatever they're going to do. Don't worry, it won't hurt a bit. And me and mom and your, your brothers and sisters will be with you in just a minute. I'm saying that if we make that decision now, the worst thing can happen. I'm not going to take the mark no matter what. You can beat me. You can pull my fingernails out. What are you, you, I'm not. See what I'm saying? We make a decision. We make a, are you with me? We make a conscious decision. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ever, ever take that mark and bend the knee to any other God. Any other God. Patrick Henry said, when confronted with dying for his nation, he said, I regret that I only have one life to give for my country. We Christians should say, I regret that I have but one life to give for my Lord and Savior. There's a, uh, when, when Kim Peters in his dream said he saw, he said he lived for the, through the first three and a half years of the tribulation. And he, uh, he said finally he stood in line until finally they cut his head off and he said, as the sword, he said it wasn't a guillotine, it was a big, long, curved sword. He said, as the sword come down, the very instant it touched his skin, he was gone. He never felt a thing. If you read Fox's Book of Martyrs, it talks about people that years ago that were burned at the stake. And they said that their hands were tied behind the stake, and when the fire came up and it burned the ropes off, they would lift their hands, praising God. And they said, you could see that they never felt a thing. If we're trusting God to provide our food, our job, our protection, if we're trusting God for our eternity, we can trust him in our death. We can trust him. He is trustworthy. He is not going to put us through something we can't be successful in. So whatever it is we're saying, Lord, I know I can be successful at this. The most important warning on earth is don't take the mark of the beast. In my new book, Miss the Mark, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast, it is written so simply that even the least informed person, even people from other faiths, will never take the mark once they read this book. God showed me the difference between the mark and the number of his name. Understanding Christians are the Antichrist's primary targets. It exposes nine deceptions, so perfect and powerful, if it were possible, it would deceive even the very elect. The nine deceptions are... Archaeology, Skylink, QFS, Rapture, Creation, Miracles, Alien Revelation, Superhumans. Don't get one for $20. Instead, we offer them in shrink-wrapped sets of 10. One set of 10, $25. Two, $40. Four sets, $60 at prophecyclub.com. Miss the mark. Don't take the mark of the beast at 
prophecyclub.com. In 2017, God blessed me by helping me to memorize the book of Revelation just as a simple project. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 10 for $55. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. One for 20 No, 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 don't do that. You want to get five for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55 prophecyclub.com. You can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200 at watchprophecyclub.com.